friends, I've been pondering a phrase which is sometimes attributed to Winston Churchill, though I couldn't be sure he ever actually said it. The phrase is this, never waste a good crisis. The coronavirus has been a devastating crisis worldwide, and I'm certainly not meaning to make light of it. As I record this video, more than 4 million people have been infected worldwide and almost 300,000 people have died. And in both cases, of course, the number only refers to those who've been medically tested, making the two totals much higher. But the distressing dilemma facing politicians around the world has been to balance the medical cost against the economic cost, as almost every nation has had to shut down and lock down for weeks, so jobs and businesses have been lost, unemployment has shot up, and the world faces a recession as severe as anything in my lifetime, so no, I'm not making light of it. And yet I do hope we won't waste the crisis. You see, at least for those of us in the West, this generation has been able to indulge a fantasy to which human beings in every time and place have been prone, which is to suppose that our standard of living is key to our quality of life, that wealthy people are more fulfilled people and that the price of something is a good indication of its actual value. And my hope is that the coronavirus crisis of 2020 will prove in time to have exposed as empty the materialist, consumerist vision of human happiness and will have given both individuals and societies a fresh opportunity to take stock of what we really want from life. First of all, the verses which introduce the parable. It's always worth stopping to look at what prompted Jesus to tell a particular parable. On this occasion, it was a property dispute in which he was asked to intervene. At first sight, it looks as if Jesus was faced with a cry for justice. Rabbi, shouted someone in the crowd, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But the man didn't say, Rabbi, my brother and I are in dispute over our inheritance. Please would you arbitrate for us? He said, tell my brother. And it's almost always a mistake to instruct Jesus what to do. And something in this man's tone apparently gave Jesus cause for concern because at once he turns to the crowd and warns them, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. Of all the sayings of Jesus, this is surely among those which speak most directly to the 21st century in Britain and at this time of crisis right around the world. It is so relevant it could almost have been coined for our times. How we need to hear Jesus remind us that life does not consist in the abundance of our possessions. How we need to help one another to hold on to this truth. Because so many of the messages we receive every day tell us the exact opposite. So let's not waste a good crisis. I do hope and pray that the coronavirus will be like a bucket of cold water thrown over a complacent Western 21st century humanity beguiled for so long by consumerism and materialism. Please God, let these weeks of lockdown enable us to recover a true sense of what really matters to us. Then in verses 16 to 20, Jesus went on to tell this parable. There was a man, he said, who was rich already, but in a year of plenty, he hit a snag. His barns were not big enough to store the bumper crop. So he took counsel with himself and decided to pull down his existing barns and build bigger ones. Now, at one level, there's nothing wrong with that. 
It's good sense to plan for growth when business is booming, just as many are discovering it's vital to cut back when times are hard. But in this case, the plan is not good sense. It's plain folly. Why? Well, the man is a fool, first of all, because he is indulging his selfishness. Did you notice that in verse 17, when the man consults, he consults only with himself? In verse 19, when he speaks, he speaks to himself. And when he does think and speak, all he can think and speak about is himself. In verses 17 and 18, it's my crops, my barns, my grain, my goods, I, me, myself. This man may live like a king, but his kingdom is tiny. It's bounded to the north and the south and the east and the west by himself. He hasn't a thought for anyone else. And that is the trouble with wealth. The more you have, the more isolated you become. The bigger your house, the bigger the distance between you and your neighbour. The more likely you are to think you don't need anyone else. Indulge that kind of selfish, self-sufficiency and you're a fool, says Jesus. But the man is a fool, secondly, because he thinks that material things are the best that this life has to offer. In verse 19, he pledges to tell himself, you have good, plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's the materialist, consumerist vision, isn't it? The good life, the dream of plenty with leisure to enjoy it. But it's a poisonous illusion. An abundance does not necessarily make life either easier or happier. It's true that there is great fun to be had in eating and drinking, and making merry is something most of us should do more of and not less. But make those things the focus of your life, your life's goal, and you'll squeeze all the pleasure out of them. The man told himself if he only had bigger barns now, he would be content for years. But the scary truth about possessions is that if you seek contentment through them, you'll only find an inner restlessness gnawing away at you more and more strongly. Seek contentment in material things and you're a fool, says Jesus. And the man is a fool thirdly because he's closed his mind altogether to God. He's giving no thought to death or to his own accountability. When in verse 20 God says this very night your life will be demanded of you, it's a reminder that even life itself is just on loan to us. It's not ours to keep. And there will be a reckoning for the use that we have made of it. You're certainly kidding yourself if you depend on possessions for security. It's easy to forget this in ordinary times. But again, our recent experience is that even the rich are not beyond the reach of a virus. Of course, I don't deny that the poor have been far more vulnerable to this disease as they are to every kind of ill health. But my point is that the rich have not been able to buy immunity. Sometimes prosperity can lull us into a false sense of security, whereas the poorest in our world are in least danger of forgetting just how precarious life is. But the fact that out of every the fact is that out of every ten people, ten will die, put your trust in possessions to secure your future, and you're a fool. That kind of trust is to be placed in God alone, says Jesus. And that brings me to the very last verse, which, having finished the parable, Jesus delivers as a parting shot to the crowd. That rich man, he said, was a fool. And so it will be with you if you store up things for yourself, but are not rich towards God. So it will be with you. 
We are not to store up things for ourselves. No matter how little we may have, we will always have enough to be generous. And no matter how much we may have, we will always face the temptation to hoard things for ourselves. So a crucial question for each one of us is perhaps this. The material things we have, our our income, our, our possessions, our property, our savings, who do they benefit? Is it only ourselves? Or are those things at the service of God? You see, just as we are today in the circumstances in which we now find ourselves, you and I are called to be rich towards God. As disciples of Jesus, we're called to prioritise heavenly riches over earthly ones and spiritual over material wealth. If most of us spent half as much time daydreaming about or hungering after or working for and carefully stewarding our spiritual wealth, as we do our earthly material possessions. What fine people we would be, and what a wonderful world it would be. There is nothing for it, my friends, but to begin with the resources we have. The opposite of storing things up for ourselves is simply to live generously and gratefully for God. The rich fool was a fool, because he thought his best chance of joy was in keeping his goods to himself. In fact, one of the world's best-kept secrets is how much joy there is to be found in being generous. In fact, only the quality of our generosity can prove that those of us who are wealthy people are not also foolish people. So I do wish you a generous June, and please God, let us not waste a good crisis.